This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Hawke's Bay, your community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Hello everyone, it's Ray here and I'm here with Patricia and we're from the Trade Aid Shop in Havelock North. We're at number 11 Napier Road and we enjoy coming in to talk to you about what's happening in the Trade Aid Shop. We love it, it's great. Yeah, it's fun. um, we, We like sharing all these fabulous handmade things that we've got in our shop with you and talking about the history of them. Yeah, and of course spring has sprung, although some days it doesn't feel very spring-like. However, with spring coming, for me anyway, my thoughts immediately turn to the garden. And, you know, you go to the garden centre, you buy little uh, seedlings or a new rose. Um, For seedlings in particular, Trade Aid really likes the way that some of the local nurseries package their seedlings in newspaper. And uh, that that's something that's biodegradable. You can throw the paper, which is usually a bit damp, in the compost bin and it will break down. And, of course, environmentally uh, friendly products are something that Trade Aid is really passionate about. And one of the gardening products that we have is the neem soap. Now, you, you may not think it's a gardening product. It just looks like a, a bar of soap. But in fact, uh, the neem soap comes from the neem tree. It's made from the oil of the tree, from the uh, fruits and seeds of the neem tree, which grows mostly in India. And it is thought to have therapeutic properties, but it's also really, really good for using as an insect repellent and a plant protectant in the garden. So how do you use it? Well, it uh, is very, very easy to use as a spray and so economical. The recipe uh, is simply five litres of hot water, one quarter of a cake of neem soap, dissolve the soap in the water and you spray it on your roses and other plants when it's cooled down. And uh, one of the things that I always remember when I get out my neem spray is that my daughter who lives in Dubai and belongs to a gardening club there tells me that the Indian ladies in particular who are in the group if ever they're questioned uh, by one of the uh, expats about a problem in the garden, what can I do about this, you know, something's eating this plant or that plant their answer is always spray it with neem spray isn't that fantastic <laughs> yeah that, you know, there the answer's growing right in front of you yeah, yes and yeah, the solution. it's great yeah so um th- those uh, those little cakes of soap go a long way as a spray don't they they yeah. certainly do and they're only three dollars 49 each so it's an incredibly economical way of getting a really versatile spray mm-hmm. and you can also use the neem soap as a personal insect repellent um, simply by grating a bit of the soap, mixing uh, about half a tablespoon of it with uh, some water, 
and adding a few drops of detergent just to emulsify the neem oil and use a spray bottle to spray it onto your skin, perhaps on your legs, uh, if you're out in the garden or out at night when the mosquitoes are out. Mm, that, yeah. that sort of, um, you know, five to seven yeah. slot when they're <laughs> there or the 4.30 to 6.30 slot mm-hmm. when the mozzies are out. I hadn't thought of the spray for, for myself. That's great. Yeah, yeah thank yeah, you. It's yeah. very good. I like that. Mm. Yeah. You've got another soap there, eh? Um, yes. Now, this is something new. It's quite interesting. And it's a deodorising soap. My eldest son is a chef, and, and he uses something like this uh, to take the smell of the kitchen, perhaps the garlic and the onion when you've been chopping things up. Mm. Uh, he uses it to take that smell of those kitchen odours off his hands. So I'm going to give him some of this for Christmas. It's uh, a moisture-rich soap. And like all of our soaps, it's made by a cooperative called the Palam Rural Centre. Palam stands for the People's Association for Leather and Allied Manufacturing. And it actually supports a number of artisans who include the Dalits, or untouchables. We used to know them as lepers. And they're a group which is traditionally excluded from all aspects of society. And as the name says for this centre, they not only make soap, but all sorts of other products, including leather goods and textiles. So if you purchase these products, you can be sure that you are encouraging and supporting people who really do need support. Mm. I think, um, yeah, it's a good move, um, an absolutely good move. And, of course, the packaging, um, as, as listeners probably know by now, is uh, because it's come from trade aid, it's totally compostable, recyclable. Yes. And, um, yeah, it's not going to uh, go into landfill or, or damage the environment. Mm-hmm. One of the, the issues I have in the garden is that I'm um, a bit of an accidental gardener. I'm not really a... a <laughs> Planned gardener, and uh, last year I, I dug up my my bulbs, you know, lifted them and kept them in a box and so on. And I really meant to label them all so I I, I could tell my tulips from my hyacinths, and I didn't. So when I planted out again this year, I've got a real fruit salad of, of, of you know <laughs> bulbs coming up, and I'm delighted to see in our shop that we've got these very substantial. Um, markers, gar- garden markers. Yes. What, what's the proper name for these? Um, garden markers? Yeah, or plant names. Plant names, yeah. sticks, you know. And these ones are made of, of a metal. So, you know, then then. They're not going to rot away on you. So I think um, that this might be my Christmas presents <laughs> so I can go around and, um, you know, mark my ve- my various bulbs. Um, so w- when I do um, recover them, I- I'll know what they were when they've finished flowering. So they're, they're quite substantial. Um, and you can write the name on, on the, the metal plate with a, a permanent marker or a semi-permanent marker if, if you don't think it's, you know, going to get washed away in the rain. Um, and I think they look actually quite attractive too. Mm, um, they do. They uh, uh, lovely uh, 
natural looking metal and uh, I think they look quite classy in the garden so mm. I'm going to go give these a go. Um, they uh, they should last you for several seasons oh, I would yes. think. I can't imagine that they're going to um, disappear no, on you. So I can vouch for that actually. I, I bought some, must be at least two years ago and I've used them for some of my clumps of bulbs. And, and what do you use to mark them with? I used a permanent marker pen. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and the name has stayed on quite well. Oh that's great, mm. yeah. You know, there is a trick with those permanent marker pens if you do need to change it. You just go over them, go over the, the, the permanent marker with a non-permanent marker and it will remove ah. what's underneath. Um, because if, if, you know, those of you who've been in any sort of teaching or training situation will know how awful it is when you use the permanent marker on the whiteboard exactly. rather than the <laughs> You know, that's the whiteboard marker. And if you rub over it quickly with the whiteboard marker, then you, it takes it away. Ah, so, nice trick. That yeah, is a so. good hint. So there you go. So if you know somebody else who's an accidental gardener like me and you think it's time that they named their plants, then pop in and have a look at our, our very beautiful um, metal uh, plant markers Mm. they're great now if you don't have much of a garden but still enjoy growing something do come in and have a look at our range of terracotta pots which we have quite a huge range of varying from the small ones I have a small one here today which looks like a bit like a log doesn't mm. it yes it the does tex- yes. Yes. it's been cleverly outer. done to mm. replicate that that texture yeah mm. and then there are larger ones too which have um, geometric designs on the outside of them and they're really attractive and they would be ideal for a little pot garden if you've only got a balcony or a small patio and uh, these products are made by Core, the Jute Works in Bangladesh. And again, um, the, the Core group supports 4,000, quite a lot, of talented artisans across Bangladesh who create all sorts of beautiful products made from natural raw materials. And uh, again, these products which are made from things like clay fit so well into the philosophy of trade aid in that we don't want to use plastics or things that won't break down in the environment. We want to use natural materials which, if they've finished their life, will just disappear into Mm. the great universe. Yes, that's Mm. right. You know those big pots, uh, they come with their own sources, which is Mm. fabulous. You Mm. know, you don't don't have to slip one of those awful little plastic sources underneath. No. They look really, really nice, actually. Mm. And I'm sure also, if you're between plants, you know, sometimes you actually have to depot. Yes, you Um, do. You've still got something that looks attractive. Yes. At any rate, and something else in it so mm. now that's good um we've got a bird feeder also in oh, the studio yes. today actually in the shop we've got quite a few different kinds of bird feeders uh again terracotta ones too yes there are uh, different sizes mm. shapes but the the one that ray chose this morning is called a, a teardrop bird feeder and it's a good name because it does look like a teardrop or 
a tulip in a way, a tulip mm. shape, mm. Um, and and that outside is woven, and sitting at the base of it, there's a, inside the, the the teardrop, there's a coconut shell, half a coconut shell, uh, where you're going to put your your goodies um, for the the lovely little native birds around here. Uh, this one comes out of the Philippines, and it's made. Uh, it's a it's a handmade. A bird feeder from a community crafts association of the Philippines. Um, now, this particular um, association of artisans, it's um, in the uh, the Baikal region and the Quis- in the Quisan provinces of the Philippines. Um, most of these uh, people who live there are they're landless and they're dependent on on their income from handicrafts to survive um, and the this organization the community crafts association it focuses on improving their their self-reliance if you like and their ability to access export markets independently be- because it gives them business training I mean it's all very well to make beautiful things but if you can't get them out there to the market mm, you know exactly. it, it's, it, it doesn't really assist your your family so in in helping these artisans to get their beautiful products to us uh, this this association does a, a great job and we benefit from it by having these beautiful things um, that we can use um, for our own pleasure but also to keep our birds happy yes and they make lovely gifts too people really enjoy birds Uh, people of a certain age shall I say (laughs) (laughs) for some reason uh, we we become more interested in the birds as we uh, mature and I guess have more time to to sit and watch them. I know we get a huge amount of pleasure from the birds in our garden. Yes, I think it's the time mm. factor, isn't it? But it is. also, mm. I think there's a, a, a much a greater awareness of the significance of our, our native birds yes. to the health of our environment. And, uh, you, you know, I'm sure children at school are, are taught these things as well. Yes, much and more than we were. Much more than we were, mm. absolutely. And they know the names of them and their habitats. And, uh, and it's a, a lovely thing to see. So, yeah, um, again, a, a bird feeder is a, a, a beautiful thing. You know, since we're talking about spring, um, we're reminded that Often, um, quite a few weddings take place. Indeed, yes. People sort of dust off all their old gear and think, "Yes, this is the time." You know, we make a new start. Exactly. And um, and I think choosing a wedding gift for a friend is is quite a a tricky thing. Mm. Actually, Mm. Uh, you want to recognise the personality of the couple getting married and you know, what their needs are, but you also want to make sure that what you give them um, is wholesome. Yes, and and special. And you have brought the most beautiful special thing in this morning, so tell us about oh, this. Look, I, I'm, I'm, you know, really... <laughs> I think this is just an absolutely gorgeous thing. And if I were going back something like 57 years and getting married again, I'd be jolly happy to have this. So... I'll tell you, this is a throw, 
and it is made from 50% pashmina and 50% aloe and and these are the reasons why it is just so gloriously special now the aloe is a nettle plant and this particular nettle plant is called um, the giant Himalayan nettle its botanical name is Gerardinia diversifolia. This nettle um, grows actually quite high, you know. It can grow up to th- three metres tall. Really? Yeah, I know. That's what they got, the giant nettle. Or sometimes they call it the elephant nettle. Uh-huh. And at the base of, of the plant, the, the fibres can be four centimetres in diameter, mm-hmm. which is quite thick for it a fibre and so strong. Now, traditionally, the, the, the Nepalese have used this fibre. Of course, they bash it down and, you know, stretch it out and so on. They've used it for hundreds of years to make all sorts of things. The women traditionally use it for clothing, for mats, um, for, uh, you know... Um, decorating their their yurts and their buildings and so on, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. The men use it for uh, uh, fishing, fishing nets and for ropes and also to make those very, very strong headbands that porters use, oh, you know, yes. when they're carting things. When they carry yeah, heavy loads. Very, very heavy. Mm-hmm. So it's incredibly strong. But when it's worked down uh, and joined with the pashmina, it's very soft. This particular nettle, it's not easy to work with because it has uh, long white thorns. And, and those thorns, um, you know, can be about four centimetres long. And they wow. have a pretty nasty sting um, that will um, give you considerable pain for about half an hour. So you've got to be careful mm. working with this stuff. But take it and mix it with the pashmina, which is its absolute opposite, and you get a gorgeous thing. The pashmina uh, is the the underdown of the cashmere goat. Now, the goat will shed its, its skin, its wool, yes. every year, and then it's gathered up, and the very, very soft pieces at the bottom of that, mm-hmm. only the finest pieces are used. The The name Pashmina comes from a Persian word, Pashim, which translates as something like um, silk gold. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> because it's That's so a good gorgeous name and soft and, mm. and it's the king of fibres. So just to give you an idea, to make one Pashmina shawl you will need at least three goat skins, goat goat pelts, yes. you know, to gather enough of the pashmina to make one shawl. Mm. So imagine then how many you're going to need to make this exquisite throw. Mm. Uh, Which is quite large. It's, it's yes, yeah. I mean, it'll cover your bed or your sofa. It is just yes. so, so gorgeous. Yeah. So this one is 50% pashmina and 50% aloe. The best pashminas are natural in their colour. 
you know mm-hmm. I mean I know a lot of pashminas are dyed these days but the best ones are kept um, as their natural colour and you will see that in this throw that it is natural and then you get the tiniest little flecks of yes. oh, almost yellow almost yellow a mm. um, little bit of tiny tiny mustard yes. and a little bit of um, natural sort of ochre colour just Flipping in there, mm. not very much, but that will be from the nettle. So this is a truly, truly beautiful product. It, it would is. make the most superb gift. So it's made in Nepal uh, by the Association for Craft Producers. Um, and, and this is a group that provides services to low-income artisans, helps them with their, their design and their technical management and their marketing and and so on, um, and, and assist them uh, so that they always have regular wages to supplement their family incomes and improve their standard of living. And look, listeners, I, I'm talking here about a truly luxury item, but get this, you won't believe it, it's only $225, and mm. that is... Pure luxury. Oh, it is. So there yeah. you go. We have only one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and and mm, yes. <laughs> yes. So if you're interested, come in and have a look at it because it, it's truly beautiful. It's a lovely, creamy shade, as uh, Patricia mentioned. That that's just the natural colour, but with these tiny flecks of colour in it, it just lifts it, doesn't it? Yes. And it's got beautiful fringing on the ends. And you know. You don't have to buy it. Just come and look at yes. it and appreciate it. So um, we love to have people coming into our shop. It's just it's so nice to share the stories of where these things come from. Yes. And um, next month we're going to tell you about our, our new um, range of key rings that we've got <laughs> because um, our theme will be... Don't worry, be Be happy. (laughs) So don't forget to listen to us next month um, when we share with you all the lovely things from Trade Aid. Don't forget, also we've got two shops, one in Havelock North Mm -hmm. and one in Hastings Street in Napier. Yeah, and each of the shops has their own individual character, but many, many of the same products. So... uh, Do come in. We'd all love to see you. We enjoy showing people around. We do indeed. And we have a website, um, and that's very easy to find. It's just uh, www.tradeaid.org.nz. That's right. And you can preview our stock. And here's another good thing. If you see something on the website that you would like to have a closer look at, and we don't have it in our store... Our manager, Julia, would be very happy to order it in for you so that you can mm. you can check mm. it out. Sometimes websites don't always tell you what you need no, to know. No, yeah. sometimes the size of things is a bit deceptive too. Yes. And there's no obligation. If we get something in and you look at it and you think, oh, no, that's not quite what I want, there's no problem. We can just put it on the shelves. Yes. So, mm. um, and, you know... Uh, it, it's worth it's worth doing um, mm. to extend what you've got. So, yeah, yeah. So we're looking forward to seeing you, listeners. And in the meantime, happy ga.
gardening. Yes, indeed. Enjoy. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Hawke's Bay, your community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.